0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for Thursday, March 31st. Still out of town uh, on a pseudo vacation. Actually coming back today, which is Thursday. But uh, at this hotel, it's the Omni in Bedford Springs. Really old, 200 years old hotel. And there's pictures all over this place. They say that the hotel's haunted, and that you can see some of the, uh, I guess, disembodied former guests in some of these pictures. But as I go through the hallways and look at all these pictures from 1895 and from 1910, all these really old pictures, it'll make you nostalgic. And it got me nostalgic about the Flyers, like wishing, man, I wish this team – was headed to the playoffs, was headed for an exciting run. You know, getting disappointed in the playoffs sucks, it hurts, but going to the playoffs is always better than not going. And yesterday, when the Flyers lost to the Minnesota Wild, or two days ago at this point, the Flyers were officially eliminated from playoff contention. So when you look at the standings now, they have that E next to their name. There's only a few teams in the NHL with the E. The Arizona Coyotes are the only team in the Western Conference. The Montreal Canadiens and the Flyers are the only teams in the Eastern Conference. Now, coming up on Thursday, after Wednesday's games, there may be more. But as of recording this, those are the only three. And the official elimination of the playoffs, it was a fait accompli. We knew it was going to happen, but it still sucks to not be going to the playoffs. Half the league goes now, half the league doesn't. You don't want to be one of the teams in the half that doesn't. Uh, Speaking of uh, the players, though, making their debuts, I imagine Saturday we're going to see the debut of Ronnie Adderd. He was the Flyers' third-round pick, 72nd overall back in the 2019 draft. He just finished up his career at Western Michigan, was third in NCAA defensemen in power play goals. He had six this past season and third in goals overall. Actually, he led the NCAA. In power play goal or second. He was actually second in the NCAA in power play goals with six, and he had third uh, ranking in all of NCAA in goals with 13 for D men. Big guy, 6'4, 210 pound defenseman, 36 points this past season, led uh, his conference Blue Liners, and again, third among all NCAA defensemen in points this past season. Here's what Chuck Fletcher had to say about him He said, We're happy to have Ronnie sign with us after a great career with the Broncos. He's a big mobile defenseman who has steadily improved his game each season, and we're excited to have him join our group and look forward to his continued development at the pro level. So all said and done, Ronnie Adder, 23 years of age. Uh, His birthday was just last week. Happy birthday, Ronnie. It was on the 20th of March. Uh, He had three years at the University of Western Michigan, 27 goals, 45 assists, 72 points in a total of 94 games. So I imagine we'll see him Saturday when the Flyers take on the Leafs. But in this episode, because I'm away and because uh, I don't have a lot of bandwidth to get a lot done for the show, so I figured we would just take some questions. I can respond to them, and uh, we put it out on Twitter And uh, here's what we come up with for today. All right, first question comes from Joseph Casey. He says, with the recent play of TK, does this help him stay with the team? He seems like one of those players we seem to give up on too early into their career. And what's your opinion on one of the younger guys receiving the A or the captaincy? Well, first and foremost, TK is a guy that even though he hasn't been scoring and he's really struggled to put the puck in the net since, you know, the original pause Back in March of 2020, came back for the bubble. Didn't get, didn't put the puck in the net in those playoffs. Struggled last year for good portions of the season to put the puck in the net. This year hasn't scored prolifically, but has been getting points pretty prolifically. So he's a guy that I agree with. You. He could be one of those guys that you kind of kick yourself for if you get rid of him, uh, like guys like Patrick Sharp, guys like. Uh, Justin Williams, and there's others throughout the history of the team that have done that. But I I don't think anybody is untouchable, and he certainly is not. And when you have the amount of needs that the Flyers have, he is a piece that would have value because he's also under contract at a very acceptable number. Um, As far as my opinion on one of the younger guys receiving the A or the captaincy, I think it's unlikely a younger guy gets the captaincy, but I think – I've talked about this on a previous episode. I think one of those guys in that younger core needs to have an A. I think all age groups need to be represented with letters. Provov gets an A now at home. I'm not sure if they'll still go with the home road split uh, for the alternate captains. But I am in favor of a young player, perhaps like a Travis Konechny, having a letter. Now, he's a guy that wore a C at every other level prior to getting to the NHL. So it's not foreign to him. And Mike Yo has kind of put it on some of the young players that with Claude Giroux gone, you got to pick up some of that slack and you got to pick up some of that leadership slack. I think guys embrace that. And I think that he could be a guy that absolutely does embrace that. Yarn baller Kevin says, shut Lawton down. Don't like concussions. Is there enough with the young players, not currently on the roster full time, to move forward without a big name, potentially top six forwards, concerned with this many young guys and how development has been going? Uh, Well, Lawton, I think they were surprised last week when he didn't pass his baseline and come back. Um, We'll see if he's able to come back, but I agree with you. I don't like concussions because it's not something that shows up on an x-ray, an MRI. It's not one of those things, and it's nothing to play around with. So while I'm totally against shutting Carter Hart down for a nagging injury, I'm not against shutting Scott Lawton down dealing with a head injury, especially when he didn't pass baseline last week. So there we will agree. Um, As far as young players not currently on the roster full-time to move forward without a big name, I still think you need a big name. You know, Chuck Fletcher, Danny Breyer both mentioned high-end talent. High-end talent is a big name. They need that going forward. It, can they get it this offseason? I don't know. If you don't get it this offseason, you got to get it the one after. It's gonna. It could come in several forms. It can be free agent signing. It can come via uh, hockey trade, a package trade. So we'll see. I think that they need to do that. We'll see if they do do that. Uh, Instigators889 tweets in and says, Rumored one is gone. Connect me Proveroff or Sandheim, factored into future contract, projected return, etc. Which one would you part with with a gun to your head? Oh God, this is an impossible question. You know, there's because there's different reasons to keep all of them, and there's different reasons to, to part with all of them. Proveroff is a guy that's on a contract that's very palatable. He has the reliability of availability, which he answers the bell. He's missed two games in his NHL career. He was asymptomatic COVID. Um, so he's got great value and could yield you a great return, uh, especially combined with another element. Sandheim is the guy that has really found his footing playing with Rasmus Ristolainen and provides you a great second pair. Not great, but a solid second pair left side player. Problem is, is after next year, he's an unrestricted free agent and he will need to get paid. And then Travis Konechny, we just talked about him, is a guy I think you could end up kind of kicking yourself if you trade him and go somewhere else and has tremendous success. So all of those things considered, I'll say Sanheim because he has USA status coming up after next season. Uh, Fletch F. Fletch tweets and he says, the question that is always asked is his question. What's up with Sam Moran? Well, Sam hasn't played this entire year. He had that procedure done at the beginning of the season. I don't know this officially, but I doubt we see Sam Moran in the NHL again. It's unfortunate. He's just had so many injuries, and for a big guy, it takes so much out of his game. So I would doubt that we see him, but... Don't rule it out because he's a guy that's worked incredibly hard to get back on a number of occasions. Uh, Bobby Boy, 3133, tweets in. He says, hey, Jason, I'm wondering how hard it would be to move JVR's contract and what type of market are the Flyers going to be in and how hard would it be for the Flyers to get a guy like Johnny Hockey? Is there any word on Fedotov? So let's stay with JVR first and foremost. I, I think the most likely path is going to be to buy him out. I don't think that you want to give up pieces, more trade assets, draft pick assets to move a contract. You want to pile picks, especially with the 2023 draft coming. So I think that that part is unlikely. Uh, As far as getting a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, if they end up buying out or finding a way to get rid of the one year left on JVR's contract with $7 million cap hit left on it, then yeah, you could be in the mix for Johnny Gaudreau. I don't know that he wants to come back and play in his hometown at this point in his career. I don't know that. There's a lot of assumptions that get made in pro sports with guys wanting to play where they grew up, and I just don't see that as the case very often. John Tavares bucked it. He went to Toronto. He wanted to be a Leaf. Does Johnny Hockey have that same feeling about the Flyers at this point in his career? Mike Trout, who's from Millville, New Jersey, did not. When it came to his contract being up with the Anaheim Angels, he re-signed there. That said, Anaheim is different than Calgary from a lifestyle standpoint. Uh, As far as Fedotov goes, I think this is a big question mark we just don't know the answer to right now, Rob. Because you look at Fedotov and the numbers are eye-popping. What he's done, obviously, in the Olympics, he was very good. He's not a young man. He's 25 years old. Uh, but also what he's done in the KHL playoffs. His numbers are off the charts. There would be an adjustment period coming to the smaller ice and coming over from uh, Russia to here, but are they bringing Russian players over right now considering what's going on in the world? That's the part, the variable we don't know about. Is the U.S. going to grant a Russian player who hasn't been here the ability to come over and get a work visa? These are all parts of the equation that we don't know the answer to it. I asked Chuck Fletcher about it a little while ago, and he wasn't sure. They don't know how this is going to play out just yet. So banking on Fedotov coming over, I think, is not something that they can do, at least not with the information they have at this point. Uh, Chris tweets and he says, Provov has seemed to steady this ship as far as his game is concerned. He's been playing more reasonable minutes, 23-ish a game, and mostly removed from the power play. Has he been overused by the team and on his and overtrained? Uh, resulting in lesser play, could less be more with him? I don't think so, because we saw when he played with Matt Niskanen, he was playing upwards of 25 minutes a night, and it wasn't a problem. Maybe without having that veteran, true, bonafide, right-hand, right-shot defenseman on on that top pair with him, then maybe that is the case. Because you're right, his game has steadied. So I'm not ready to go all in and say he's been overused because it worked with niskanen but hasn't worked at those minute rates since niskanen has left so that's part of the equation uh nick tweeted in and said what's your prediction for JVR situation this summer kept traded or bought out um i kind of answered that before bought out is i think the most likely scenario um, mikey from OMB podcast tweets in, he says hypothetical say the Flyers wind up with the fifth overall pick in the 2022 draft would you trade the 2022 first so the fifth pick overall Florida's 2024 uh, first round pick around 25 uh, first and Van Reemsdyke to move up to first or second overall in the 2022 draft I probably would not do that I like Shane Wright but I think you can get a good player at five so I don't, I don't do that. I don't want to give up extra draft capital that I can include in another move, maybe in a hockey trade, to acquire, quote, high-end talent. Uh, at Puck Therapy, tweets in, he says, Is there any concern among the team that Ryan Ellis won't be back next year at 100%? Having missed as much time as he has and being over the age of 30, without a resolution to his current issue, it seems ambitious to assume he'll be back to 100% for game one. No, I totally agree. Uh, I don't know that what kind of assurances you can have. He may be 100% when the season starts, but is he going to be 100% for the entirety of the season? That seems unlikely to me, and that seems tenuous. I can't put all of my top-pairing right-side uh, eggs in a tenuous basket with Ryan Ellis. I just can't do that. So um, I agree with you. There is It does seem ambitious to make that assumption. Anthony DeGrazio tweeted me and says, Jason... Why do you want to shut Carter Hart down for the rest of the season? He's obviously kidding, Uh, because I obviously don't want to do that. TB Flyer tweets in, he says, With Fletcher focused on a retool rather than a rebuild, do you think it's the right approach, and what does a successful retool look like this summer? They need quite a bit more than just a healthy Couturier and Ellis and returning to top form. Well, I mean, the thing that we keep talking about is high-end talent. That's what they need to grab. They need to find a high-end player That slots the team correctly. Plus, you're going to need help in in the bottom six. You're going to need help uh, on that blue line. You're going to need another goaltender because Carter Hart's not going to play 82 games. So I look at that and I go, okay, then, yeah, getting those guys back is a huge step in the right direction, but does it fix all the problems? No. There's work to be done, significant work by Chuck Fletcher. Can he accomplish it this offseason? It's going to be difficult. But that's the task. That's what, If that's the route they want to go, then that's the task, and they got to find a way to get it done. Salkin Steven tweets in and says, is Mike Yo definitely out of the running for the next head coach, basically to have the interim tag removed? And he said at this point, would he even want the job? Any clues as to who they would be looking to hire? Um, I don't know that he's out of the running. I think I've said this before. I think it's very unlikely uh, because the results just haven't been that radically different. Than they were under Elaine Vigneault. Um, but would he want the job? I can tell you that in a Texas exchange I had with him without revealing exactly what we talked about, that he loves it here and he believes in it here. So, yeah, he would want the job. And there's only 32 of those jobs. And he wants to be a head coach. Absolutely. Uh, a Hatcher 78 tweets in and says Of the former Flyers still playing in the NHL, Who would you like to see back with the team the most? Oh, my God, that is such a hard question. I don't know who. I'm trying to think of the guys out there that are former Flyers that are around the league that I would absolutely want back. I mean, you can look at Braden Shen. You can look at Jeff Carter still kicking around, just signed a new contract with the Pittsburgh Penguins. There's guys around. I'm going to have to table that one for another episode, but – uh, there's some guys out there, obviously. I mean, Carter would be intriguing. He'd be a good third-line centerman at this point in his career. Uh, so I'll have to table that and do a little bit more research before I can answer that. All right, last one comes from Dudge 36 He says, in an aggressive retool, is that the answer here? Will Ellis 100% uh, and an elite forward or two be what really propels the Flyers into a deep playoff run in 22-23? All He said, maybe, sadly, it's time to do a proper rebuild. Painful as it may be, the plan as is seems to be sustained mediocrity. Again, I'll say it for the thousandth time. A proper rebuild, what is a proper rebuild? Is a proper rebuild tearing it down to the studs, making the playoffs, but never getting past the first round like the Toronto Maple Leafs have done? Or is it what the Buffalo Sabres did and tearing it down and getting high draft picks and, not making the playoffs in a decade plus, is tearing it down and a proper rebuild, what Edmonton has done, uh, getting two superstar players but don't have the ability to field a proper team to go on a playoff run. The sport is about success in the playoffs. It's not about having one great player or a couple of great players then paying them so much money that you can't build a team. Because if you do that, you, the sport is about trying to win a championship. It's not about making the playoffs. The team I'd rather be a team that finishes third in the division but is capable of making a playoff run than a team that gets 125 points in the regular season but gets bounced in the first round. So while I think they need high-end talent, a proper rebuild does not mean you need to tear it down. Look at the Los Angeles Kings. They're in second spot in the Pacific Division of the Western Conference. They still have some of the players that were there for the cup run, whether that's Brown, whether that's uh, a guy like Jonathan Quick, although got off to a great start this year, has not been great, or Andre Kopitar or Drew Dowdy. Whether it's those guys or whether it's, you know, a team like Anaheim who fell out of it so far this year but has some good young talent and didn't do a total teardown. The total teardown is— Something that's very difficult to do. The total teardown in Colorado that has them now where they are started 13 years ago. And there's too many cases of that not working. The plan as is, is not to be sustained mediocre. The plan is to get better and take advantage of the fact that you have something that teams that do a retool need. The teams that have not succeeded in either... A rebuild or a retool all have a common denominator. They do not have the goaltending. If you have the goaltending, a retool is very possible. But if you don't have it, a retool, a rebuild, no matter what it ends up being, doesn't work. It's like the NFL. You can have all these great players at skilled positions, but if you don't have the quarterback, it doesn't matter. That's how important goaltending is. All right, everybody, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily, another brand new one coming up tomorrow on a Friday. Uh, so I appreciate everybody listening, dealing with uh, some background noise here as I'm at Bedford Springs and back home today is uh, of when you're hearing this. So we'll bring you another brand new Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great Thursday.